0: Hey, I want you to open your Bibles with me this morning, and we're going to go to the book of Philippians chapter 3. Now do me a favor if you would right now around the room. How many of you actually have a copy of God's Word in your hand, a Bible? Like hold it up, I want to see it, like right now across the room. Awesome, that's incredible. Here's what, today's January 1st, it's the first day of a new year. Now I realize, and I do this as well a lot of times, I'll read God's Word on my phone or on my iPad, I I do that often, I'll do it sometimes when I'm sitting in the car waiting for Sherry who's in a store, which seems to be more often than not, and I will read God's Word like that time on the phone or iPad, those kinds of things, but there is something special about the Word of God, there's something special about actually holding the Bible in your hand. And so I just think like on this first day of the year that we ought to all make a commitment together that when we come together, that when we come to God's house together and we're studying God's Word together, that we actually bring a copy of God's Word. And I know we use phones, I know we use iPads, but I want to challenge you to actually bring a copy of the Bible with you, to bring a pen with you, so you can take notes and write notes in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to be starting a sermon series. We're going to go verse by verse through Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to dig deep into the words of Christ in that, uh, in those passages. And so, now I want you to bring a copy of God's Word, and whether it's a small one, this is kind of like medium size, you know, maybe you've got a lot smaller if you've got good eyes, or maybe like you're my son-in-law. Hey, give me your Bible real quick. So, you know, it's New Year's Day, a lot of people make uh, New Year's resolutions, like a lot of to get in shape, right? So, you could get a Bible like this and carry it with you because it's a dual purpose. You have God's Word, and you're also working out carrying it in. And so… You know, just regardless of what it is, like make sure that you are getting a copy of God's Word. Bring it with you every single week right here uh, as we study God's Word together, that we do this together, because I firmly believe that like taking notes, I go back now in my Bible, go back like decades of notes that I took in sermons that my dad was preaching, others were preaching. Man, it's so special. And I know you can do it on a phone, I get it, and if you're like locked in the phone, that's fine. I'm not gonna say you're like a sinner because you're doing that. But I just want to challenge you bring a copy of God's word with you. And today we're going to be in chapter three of the book of Philippians. And we're going to spend some time talking about new beginnings. Because obviously, January 1 is a great time to talk about that, like a new start. A lot of us have had this opportunity in the last couple of days to think about, hey, I'm going to do things differently in 2023 than I did in 2022. I'm going to change my direction. I'm going to change some different things about what I do and how I act. And, and, and maybe, you know, some of you are like, man, I want to get in shape. I want to lose weight. Uh, maybe you're going to do better in business or do better in school or whatever those kinds of things are. But here's the one thing that I want you to know, and I want you to pull out a pen right now. Wherever you are, those of you who have your phones, that's great, pull out your phones. Because I'm going to give you a phrase, and I want you to write this phrase down, I want you to type this phrase into your notes app in your phone, because I want this to be something that you think about throughout this entire year. Because when we talk about doing things differently, doing things new, doing things in a different way, we have to recognize and we have to understand that there has to be change if we're going to see change, okay? And so I'm going to give you a phrase in just a moment that I want you to write down. It's going to be on the screens. I'm not going to give it to you yet. I want you to get ready. Get your pens out. How many of you got your pens out? Hold the pens up. Very cool. How many of you got your phones out? Hold phones up. All right, cool. So I'm going to give you this phrase in just a moment. Because if we don't get the meaning behind this phrase that I'm about to get you, give you. What will end up happening is you'll spend this year doing the exact same things you did last year, and there will be no progress, and you will not change. And we all know, you've all heard the adage of what the definition of insanity is, right? It's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, right? So we know that that, we have to make some changes, okay? So here is the phrase that I want to give you, okay? Go ahead and put it on the screen, guys, if you would. Do you have it on the screen? Do you have it? (laughs) It's the first day of the year, and we already have a blooper. Okay, so I'm going to read it to you. So, get your pens out, get your phones out, and here is the, the statement. And it's real simple. It's just simply this. Same actions, same results. Write that down. Same actions, same results. I'm giving you a second to write that down. Same actions, same results. And then I want you right underneath of that, I want you to write these words. Different actions, different results. Okay, so you got it? Same actions, same results, and the line right below that, different actions, different results. Now the reason I give that to you is because all morning we've been talking about, we've been singing about the faithfulness of God. That He was the same yesterday as He is today. That He answered prayers then, He answers prayers now. He was faithful then, He's faithful now. Here's what I do know, not one of us in this room can say the exact same thing about ourselves. That we have not been like God, that we have blown it time and time again. And if we do not have different actions in our hearts and different actions in our faith, then we will end up doing the same things that we did yesterday. And i got to be honest with you, like all of us want to get better in our faith. And back, in fact, if you're here today and you don't want to get better and stronger and further along in your faith, i got to question like why you're even here. Because we all want to get better. So, same actions, same results, different actions, different results. That is what we need to have in our mind, like running through a phrase that's constantly present in our journey throughout this year if we're going to do things differently. In this past week I've been kind of thinking through and talking through in in my own heart and my mind, like of what's a passage that we could go to that would give us a picture of what different acts, uh, different actions and different results, like what is a great passage that we can use to talk about that that we can actually have the opportunity of seeing an example of that in Scripture. Now, we're gonna be in Philippians chapter three in just a moment. But before we get to that passage, I'm gonna read a different passage out of the book of Acts. Now, this passage I'm gonna read is in Acts chapter 22. And it's a story of Paul who is in Jerusalem and he finds himself in the temple, he's doing what he always did, preaching the gospel and, and, and pointing people to Christ, and, and when he gets there people get all riled up, they all get mad, they get angry, a mob is there, they grab him, they start beating him up, they want to kill him. They take him into custody, they're saying, get rid of this guy, let's get, be done with him, we don't want to see him anymore. And then as they're taking him in, and as they've, they've got him there in that, in that custody there, Paul says, hey, can I, can I say something just real quick here? Like, can I give you a word of testimony here, just like to share with you like why I'm doing what I'm doing? And so they finally say, well, okay, yeah, you can speak, you can speak. And so, I want to read this passage to you as we begin this journey of talking through what does it mean to have different actions and different results, and I want to read this, and we'll go to Philippians in just a moment, of the result of what God did in the life of Paul, but I want us to start at the beginning. Like, how did Paul get to Philippians and the great truths that we read through all the Scripture that he writes that God gave to him? Like, where do we get there? How do we get there? And here is what Paul said, here's how I got there, he says in Acts chapter 22, beginning with verse 3. He says this, I was zealous for God just as you all are today. I persecuted this way to the death, arresting and putting both men and women in jail, as both the high priest and the whole council of elders can testify about me. After I received letters from them to the brothers, I traveled to Damascus to arrest those who were there and bring them to Jerusalem to be punished. As I was traveling and approaching Damascus, about noon in intense light. From heaven, suddenly flashed around me, and I fell to the ground. And I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, the one that you are persecuting. Now, those who were with me saw the light. But they did not hear the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, what should I do, Lord? And the Lord told me, get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told everything that you have been assigned to do. Now, I read this passage to you today because what I want to share, just a couple of thoughts about the life of Paul, of how we recognize different actions and different results. And we see that here in Acts chapter 22, is that Paul started out just like all of us. Like, Paul was passionate in what he did. He was intentional in what he did. He was making sure that he was working towards an end. He had a a goal in mind, and he was trying to be successful. That passage I just said, he had gotten letters, he'd gotten permission from the officials, from the priests to go to Damascus to arrest people, according to God's Word, who were in the way. Now, I don't mean in the way like blocking him. What I mean is in the way they were in walking with Jesus Christ. They had believed the Gospel, heard the Gospel, believed that Jesus died and that He rose again, and so He was going to Damascus to arrest those people, to throw them in jail because they were of the way, but according to the Jewish faith, they were also in the way. And he wanted to stop them. He wanted to put them down. And we know the life of Paul. We know the testimony of Paul before he came to Christ. He was someone who persecuted the church. He persecuted those who believed in Christ. He, he watched as Stephen was put to death. He did all of these things. And so he says, man, I was zealous for God. I was doing all the right stuff. I was passionate, man. I was intense. I had an intention. I had a goal. Here's the problem. Is that the goal that he was aiming for was not the goal that was the right goal. And I think probably in this room today there are a lot of people who could say the exact same thing about your journey. Maybe you wouldn't say it like in the sense of, like I'm working against the Gospel. But what you could say is I'm running really hard towards an end game, an end result that at the end of the day really doesn't matter. Last night my family and I, we were together at the house and we turned on the late night, you know, they kept me up. Saturday night, I gotta preach in the morning, they kept me up. And so, we're sitting there and we're watching like all the different network things of like the, the ball drop in New York and all that kind of stuff, right? And we're seeing all these people who are hanging out in Times Square, Some were in Nashville and, you know, different places. They're all sitting there. They're drinking. They're getting drunk. They're laughing about it. They're talking about it. They're singing these songs that were just like, you know, not great. Their voices, by the way, they need a new job because they're not that good. And they're sitting there, and they're doing all this stuff, and they're going over and over again, and they're just laughing about the fact that they're all getting drunk and talking about, man, I need a drink, I need a drink. And here's what came to my mind was this passage, because I knew what I was preaching on today. Like, they are running after something that they think will find success, that they think will give them joy, that they think is where I want to be, and it's a waste of time. And I think probably there's a lot of people in this room today, maybe you're doing the same thing. Now maybe you're not hanging out in Times Square getting drunk on a New Year's Eve, but maybe you're running after money, you're running after success, you're running after power, you're running after status, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, and who in the world are the Joneses? Like we all, you know, keep up with the Jones. Who cares about the We don't even know who they are. Now if there's somebody here with the name Jones, I'm not talking about you. But we are running constantly to get to an end goal, to accomplish something, to be somebody, and at the end of the day, it does not matter. Understand this, the Apostle Paul, who gives us these incredible truths that are found in God's Word according to the Holy Spirit working in and through Him, he started just like us. He was doing the exact same stuff, and man, he was good at it. He was accomplished. Man, he was at the height of the power, height of the career, height of status, man, he was nailing, he was, he was doing awesome, he was doing a great, great job of accomplishing absolutely nothing that truly mattered. Here's a question, are you? Are you doing a really good job of accomplishing something that really at the end of the day doesn't matter at all? You see, that's what Paul was doing, and when we get to that place, it we got to recognize, like, man, there, there needs to be something different in our journey. Now, some of us in this room, maybe we're not, like, intense and, you know, we're passionate, we're running after something that, that the end game, the end result is really nothing that, that really matters. Maybe it's just that we keep trudging along and we keep seeing, you know, problem after problem and pain after pain and, and trial after trial, not because we're running after the wrong things, but because there's a lack of intentionality in our journey. Because we get up in the morning and we do the same things over and over and over again, and listen to me, and we don't really care what the day looks like. We just want to get through to the end of the day, or maybe just get through to the weekend. Maybe just kind of get through to retirement. Man, if I could just keep on moving, keep on going, man, you know, as long as I can just make it through, I'll be happy. It's that lack of intentionality that ends up where we don't really find the success, we don't really find the joy, we don't really find the contentment that God expects and intends for all of us to have. But the good news is, man, Paul started just like us. But when we get to that place, we know there has to be a course correction. Paul had a course correction. Now Paul had a course correction as he's traveling that road, it says, on the way to Damascus and about noon, man, a bright light shines from the sky and a voice starts speaking out of heaven. And a deep, you know, you can imagine the voice of God, right? I mean, you know, the really deep voice of God coming out. You can imagine how, like, traumatic that must have been. Here's what I think. I think that the voice that God speaks to us in today, while it is not with bright, shining lights, and it's not a deep bass sound coming from heaven, it's that still small voice, I believe it is louder and more intentional and more powerful than even what Paul saw. The problem is is that we today are so distracted we miss it because of that lack of intentionality. And so we recognize, like, man, Paul started just like us. But now let's go over to Philippians chapter 3. Because what I want to see is like after the course correction in Paul's life, Paul gives us some truths in Philippians chapter 3 to help us get to that same place in our journey. Because don't forget now, Paul heard a voice from heaven that spoke to him. When I hold the Word of God in my hand and I read what God gave to us, guess what we are hearing? We are hearing the voice of God speaking to us where we are so we can have our own course correction. Do you get that? Do you understand that? Nod your head if you understand that. This is not the early service. It's late in the day. Nod your head. This is the voice of God. And so, let's read this, Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 7. Paul writing… Things we need to understand, things we need to know as we begin a brand new year, as we make sure we have different actions that bring about different results. Here's what he says, but everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of Him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung, so that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ. You ought to circle that statement, through faith in Christ. That is where every course correction should begin, through faith in Christ the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know Him and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Not that I've already reached the goal, or I'm already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Okay, all of you in this room that held up a few moments ago the Word of God in your hand, all of those who held up their phones a few moments ago, and you've got the Bible app open right now, awesome, great. Here's what I want you to do I want you to go back and underline, circle, highlight, or whatever it might be, whatever format you have in your hand. And go back to this verse that I just read, verse 13, the second part of that verse, forgetting what is ahead, uh, forgetting what is behind, and reaching forward to what is ahead. I want you to highlight that, I want you to underline that, I want you to circle it, whatever it is, we'll bring attention to that every time you come to Philippians chapter 3, and the rest of your life, the rest of your days, I want that to stick out on this page. Because that is the key for us understanding how we can have different actions and different results rather than have same actions and same results. That gets us out of the context of insanity. That gets us to the place where we recognize that we will do things differently, forgetting what is behind and keeping our eyes fixed on what's ahead. Now that's important. Because so often, people who are in the way, and again, I don't mean like blocking something, I mean walking with Christ. Here's what I believe firmly. You never actually attain what it really means to follow Christ because you have at least one eye looking backwards to see the failures of the past. And when you're looking back at the failures of the past, Satan, the enemy, uses that to keep you from moving into the future. Satan wants to make sure that you blow it time and time again, and to think that all you can do is blow it time and time again, because you're always looking back to the failures of yesterday. Let me just tell you something, we sang about it this morning, here's what I know. God in heaven never looks at the failures of the past. He never looks at your past mistakes. He never looks at what you did yesterday. He never looks at the problems that you had. Here's what, His mercies are new every single day. And He is looking today at where you are and what you're doing. He does not care about yesterday. Because Jesus' blood took care of yesterday. He cares about today. So the question is, where are you today? Forget what's behind. Because you can't change it. You can't fix it. Man, we could all sit down and we do this in a mental way. We don't do it like in a pen and paper. We do it in a mental way. We make a checklist of all the things that we did yesterday, the problems of our past. And we always have those that keep coming up like, man, I blew it then. I should have done this differently. Man, if I'd only done this, if I'd only done that. Man, I can't believe I did that. Man, I can't. And we constantly are looking backwards. And the more time you spend looking backwards, here's what I know. You're not moving forward. Same actions, same results. If you keep looking backward, if you keep looking at the past failures, if you keep looking at the past mistakes, here's what I know, you're going to have the same result. And that is you're going to wallow in defeat and despair and discouragement day after day because you're constantly looking backwards. Here's what God's word. The voice of God says this, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. So what does that tell us about Paul? What he recognized here? Well, what Paul recognized here is just simply this. It's he now recognized what was really important. What was really important is not the failures of yesterday. Satan wants you to believe that. Satan wants you to think, man, because you messed up yesterday, God can never use you tomorrow. Because of what you've done in the past, like God has done with you, you have relinquished your ability to be used of God. You have sacrificed the opportunity to be, you know, given that great gift of salvation, that great gift of, of the presence of God. Like, you, because of what you did yesterday, man, you have blown it. It's over. You're done. That's what Satan wants you to believe. That's what the enemy is constantly trying to tell you. That's what John 10.10 10 is all about. The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. He comes to steal your future. He comes to kill your spirit. He comes to destroy your attitude. And He does it by making you look back, but Paul here in Philippians chapter 3, he gave us the clear picture, man. He recognized what really was important. And what happened is this, is that Paul was not focused on the here and now. Paul spent his life focused on the there and forever. He was focused on what is to come. He was focused on the promise of tomorrow, of what God has done. God did not come. So that we could sit and look back at the failures of yesterday, God sent His Son Jesus to die and to rise again so that we could have the promise and the hope of eternity of tomorrow. That is what Paul gives to us, but he's not even done. He keeps on writing in this passage. look down to verse 17. Paul says this in Philippians 3:17, "Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us." For I've often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their stomach, their glory is in their shame. And they are focused on earthly things. You ought to highlight verse 19. Because if you ever find yourself living in verse 19, I can promise you this, you will never see joy, you will never see contentment. I read it again. Their end is destruction, their God is their stomach, their glory is in their shame, and they are focused on earthly things. Our citizenship, Paul writes, is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of His glorious body by the power that enables Him to be subject, to subject everything to Himself. In other words, here's what God's hope is. Here's what God's desire is. Here's what God's plan when Jesus came. Here's what He wants. He wants to come one day and to transform you into where you are today, into a glorious presence, in His glorious presence, and there we will be for eternity. And man, that's good news. Because every time you look in the mirror, I can guarantee you, rarely, there's a few of you, usually they're on Instagram, rarely are there people who look in the mirror and say, boy, I look good. You'll notice I threw the Instagram thing in there, right? You know, the people who just sit there and take all the pictures of themselves, you know? It's crazy. But anyway, that's beside the point. I digress, okay? So I recognize that there are some people who are pretty proud of themselves, right? But honestly, most of us, you know, we see ourselves and we see faults and we see failures and we see problems and we see challenges and we see, you know, hiccups and mess-ups and hang-ups and we see all that stuff. And we think that, man, is this all that there is? Hey, good news on January 1, 2023, this is not all that there is, there's heaven. Aren't you grateful for what God has given to us? Aren't you grateful for the promise that God has delivered to us through His Son Jesus? That is the promise and that's what Paul writes here. And so we understand as he writes these words that he knew, Paul knew the rest of the story. And I think that today, churches are full of people who do not know the rest of the story. Now, they know it because they've heard it. They know it because some preacher maybe has said something about it. They know it because maybe some song in the worship service has talked about heaven, talked about, you know, the, you know, the old southern gospel, you know, I've read the end of the book and all that kind of stuff. I, I get We know it, but we don't really know it. Like, we know of its existence, but we don't know it to the point that it's changed our lives that it's changed our hearts because we're so focused on the here and the now. We're so focused on earthly things that we lose sight of the incredible gift that God has given to us. So with all that in mind, let me give you a couple quick things of how to turn things around, how to have different actions and different results in 2023. The first one is just simply this, get off to a good start today is the best day to change. Tomorrow is not the best day to change. If you're sitting there saying, man, I want to lose weight, and then you're ordering Pizza Hut for dinner, that is not the right way to start, right? Get off to a good start. Start now. Start strong. Why? Because we have to forget the past. Man, I can't tell you, I mean, I know this room, lots of us, man, we have over and over again, man, I'm going to go on a diet. I've done that a thousand times. You know, man, I go to bed at night, man, tomorrow I'm starting a diet. First thing in the morning, grab a Pop-Tart. I mean, I've done that. I mean, you know, my name is Jonathan, and I'm a pop tartaholic. I get it, okay? We've all done it. We've all messed up. But if we're going to change, we have to change what we were doing and start doing things differently if we're going to see different results. Start now and start strong. Second thing, don't give way to distraction. Don't allow distractions to trip you up. Don't allow the problems that we run into to to stop you and setbacks to to trip you up. That's what Satan wants you to do. Satan wants to come up and whisper in your ear, hey, remember when you did that? Yeah, because of that, you're not going to be able to do this. Oh, hey, listen, you know, you messed up yesterday. So because you messed up yesterday, you know, you're going to have to let someone else kind of run the race here because you're Done. Let me just tell you, when you allow Satan to tell you that you're done and you believe it, here's one thing, that is absolutely going to be the truth when you allow Satan to define your future.